Welcome back to the Black Belter Podcast. You're listening to episode 7. As always, make sure to like, share and review, as well as follow and subscribe. Also make sure to, if you've been enjoying the podcast, you'd like to offer your support, you can sign up through the Patreon page to make a small contribution once a month, and that all goes towards uh, covering studio costs. Today's guest is a legend within the ITF community, having won nine world titles, four World Cup titles, eight Oceania titles, uh, and as well as a, an Asian and Pan-American title. Uh, today I'm joined by Mr. Mark Trotter. So, what's up, Mark? Hey, Jamie, how you doing, man? Uh, thanks for coming on. I know you have a tight schedule. Yeah, no, thank you, mate. Uh, only here for a couple of days, but I uh, wouldn't miss being here. I've been listening back home in NZ and obviously contacted you, and yeah, I'm uh, really happy to be here, mate. Thank yeah, you. Savage. Uh, so look, we'll start the same way we started all of them. Uh, how did you originally uh, get into Taekwondo? Uh, I just got asked this last night in the seminar, actually. Um, uh, I think I was about five years old, uh, so I think it was 1990. Yeah, uh, yeah quite a few years back now. Um, I think I was watching like Ninja Turtles, you know, all the all the kind of uh, cartoons and things like that. And I asked my parents if I could go and do karate, which I, I know quite a few people have said that on here already. Yeah, um, and they kind of looked around for the local local school and they wouldn't let me start I think I was actually four and they wouldn't let me start they said for your fifth birthday so on my fifth birthday I went down and I sat down the back and cried and I wouldn't even join in so uh it took the instructor was yelling and screaming it was a big big class I think they had about a hundred in there and uh I was one of the only kids there so yeah I, I ended up going back a second time mum and dad said oh we won't go back and I said no no, yeah. no I want to go back I want to go back and I just remember being super excited. All I wanted was one of those fluoro mouth guards that I saw everyone, <laughs> gum shields, you know, that I saw everyone wearing. And, and that's all I wanted. So I wanted to go back until I could get one of the gum shields. But pretty sure that's kind of how it all, all started anyway, mate. Yeah. Interesting because I started because I wanted to be a Power Ranger, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. You actually yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think probably around that time as well, I was watching Power Rangers, Ninja yeah. Turtles, The Karate Kid. Uh, big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan, you know, the kickboxer and all those type of movies. So, yeah, was uh, that was kind of how it all started, man. Uh, did you start competing at a young age? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I think I was about a, a blue belt in New Zealand back then. Um, you had to be a green belt to, to compete. Um, so I went in and it was boys, girls, everyone all together. Um and I ended up losing sparring first time around. It was point sparring. New Zealand for, for the peewees or the young kids yeah. uh, used to do point sparring. And I lost, I was tiny. So I lost hmm. first round to a girl from my, my school, actually, from my gym. And uh, I just remember crying. And, uh, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't a good Pride start. <laughs> it wasn't a good start, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I sort of started off there. And, yeah, I got, I got really hooked on it. I, I really enjoyed it. And I tested for black belt. Uh, at nine years old, um, yeah, it was it was really young, man. And uh, back then there was no junior examination or anything. It was a senior, just one examination for everybody. Oh, that's good. Um, so I did that, and uh, yeah, I think back then I don't know if it was a New Zealand rule or an ITF rule. You had to be fourteen and a half to grade for second degree. So it was a long period of wait. And my parents kind of started saying to me, you know, why don't we start going to more tournaments? And uh, yeah, they started taking me all around Auckland where I live in New Zealand and sort of 
taking me around to all the different clubs to train and different competitions, I guess. So, yeah, I sort of started quite young, I guess, yeah. Yeah, just from what you're saying, it seems like your parents had a big impact on supporting you and pushing you absolutely the competitions and the yeah management. listening to some of the previous podcasts you know with adam and guys like that you know parents are such a a massive thing you know yeah. so and supporting us and doing this and even still now you know uh we're over here for germany the world champs yeah. last week and uh with myself and my wife and we've got our young daughter back home and she's staying with uh staying with my parents so you know on the sidelines still supporting us to do what we want to do and what yeah, we love doing so absolutely man yeah, yeah. definitely and all without my parents like constantly driving everywhere so everything like you wouldn't yeah. achieve anything and and isn't it isn't it amazing the amount of kilometers now now that you drive or for for example that you think man well, i don't you, do too much driving you, you, you did it you did a lot <laughs> oh, you, you have know? a chauffeur ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, when you were coming through would you have been more like successful in patterns of sparring or would there be even would you have preferred uh, one over the other i think at the beginning i was definitely more successful in sparring um I won a world title in patterns before I won a national title. So, yeah, nice. kind of a strange way around, I guess. But, yeah. um, no, I think definitely sparring in New Zealand. Um, and because we're so far away from everything, there's not the competition like there is in Europe or South America or, yeah. or things like that. So I, I ended up having to fight up weight divisions or weight divisions got combined a lot. Um, I not- remember fighting uh, fighting Hong actually quite a lot in oh, yeah. New Zealand because he used to represent New Zealand on the national team with us. He didn't mention that. No, no, he, he wouldn't. <laughs> That's because I was all over the mat every other day. So, um, no, he gave, gave me a good, uh, a good whipping every now and again. So, yeah, it was um, definitely more, more sparring when I was younger and uh, I enjoyed my pattern. But, um, yeah, I don't think we really knew how to train it or it was just you get up and do yeah. your pattern and someone likes it or they don't. That was pretty much it really, man. So... That's my yeah. little, you, you start off being good at one, but as you go along, you can drift into another one. Like myself, I was, as a colour belt, always better at patterns. Yeah. I was always decent enough at sparring in the club and that, but translating that to a competition was always a struggle. But Absolutely. then as I, as I got older, I think it's, I kind, think, of, I it's think, kind of reversed around now. Yeah, like, I think know? the first time I met you, you were actually competing in patterns, man. And, and yeah. I remember talking to Adrian and him saying, oh, you see this young kid in sparring we've got, he's fighting with Hong and he's fighting with Adam. And, and, and I thought, I've seen him do patterns. I haven't yeah, seen him yeah. spar. So yeah, obviously transitions into both, and yeah, that's that's a big part of my seminars when I teach. Uh, you know, sort of saying, you know, I, I do patterns, but I also do sparring, and you know, they they intertwine quite well together. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because you didn't spar maybe the last couple of years of your career. A lot of people say you do patterns and prearranged more yeah. so than sparring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a injury um, through my work. Uh, I work in stunt work for film. And uh, it was 12 weeks before the World Champs in Spain. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I fell. Uh, I got dropped from a, a rig and a harness and um, fell about eight, nine meters onto my knees. And I blew both my knees out and oh. broke both my legs. So, um, yeah, for Spain, I was just kind of happy to be yeah. on the mat, man. And, and that's where sparring kind of took a back step. And I trialed again for 2015 and made selection for sparring, but... Uh, really hurt my knees a lot. So I sort of made the decision that I'm going to focus on my patterns and really go down that path. So, yeah, it was, I think 2011 was the last time I competed in sparring in, in New Zealand. So, yeah. What was the movie? Was it a big uh, movie? It was Hobbit. Was it worth it? Yeah, it Hobbit. was The Hobbit. Yeah, nice. so um, we had been down there for a year and a half. It was the final scene of the movie and oh. we'd been rehearsing it for months. And uh, we were shooting it the next day 
and uh, we rehearsed it one last time, and yeah, I fell on my knees and didn't actually get to do it. So, um, so you yeah. didn't make the movie? Uh, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> I was lucky enough, but um, we ended up going back into motion capture afterwards and and okay. redid the fight and things like that. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, it took me a long time to get over that. You know, it was probably a good ten months of rehab, and uh, both knees, like that's yeah, that's yeah, both knees, uh, broken femur, broken tib and fib, broken tib and fib in my other leg. So yeah, it was it was a big one. Yeah, and when would you first made the New Zealand national team? I first was made it? the New Zealand national team in 1998. Um, it was for the Junior World Championships in India. What age did you have been? So I was 14, I think. Um, I young. went for selection the previous time, 96, but they told me I was too young. New Zealand didn't know the yeah. rules. Um, in 1994, New Zealand sent the first combined team to Malaysia. And I think they sent like three or four people per division. And when they got there, they worked out it was actually only one per division <laughs> so they started sorting through the team and oh you're better at patterns so you do patterns and you're better at sparring so you do sparring and yeah they had so many guys over there and kind of trying to put them into divisions so we didn't really know a lot back then about international competition um, and then I went for selection and they told me I was too young and I just remember crying and crying and I was so upset and then 98 I obviously I was 14 so I went for selection um and made the selection it was to india and four weeks before i got a f uh my my mum picked me up from school and she said i got some bad news and she was actually the manager of the national team at the time um, for the mm -hmm. juniors and she says oh we're not going to the world champs anymore there's nuclear they're doing nuclear testing in india and the government won't give us any cool. uh any insurance to go over so we're not going and i just broke down in tears in the car nothing would console me i was just like no that's it the life's over you know yeah, i've yeah. trained for this this <laughs> is what i was meant to do um and yeah i think she went out and bought me a pair of nike shoes to try and make me feel better or something not like the worst that. not the worst transit trade, trade off <laughs> absolutely absolutely and so we ended up going over to uh texas for the uh, I think it was the national championships or something like that. A group of four of us and competed there. And then so the first world championships I attended was 2000 in North Korea. Um, junior world championships. And yeah, it was a big eye opener. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, obviously going into North Korea itself was one thing, you know, that was an experience. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I... I don't think even back then I knew really what it was, you know. Um, but then seeing the teams turn up and all these sort of things, I, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opener. And I guess, as I said earlier, being from New Zealand, I remember, oh, you're going to win, it's going to be easy, it's going to be this. And I remember turning up and just looking around the room and going, wow, this is another level. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. So. I think everybody goes through that. I yeah. remember my first one, just like... It was an experience. Yeah. And I think even just back from the world, we were talking about the way up in the car that uh, when they stepped out, like obviously we were up in the stands, it's a little bit different to when you get down ringside. Yeah. And you see the competition, you feel part of something that's big yeah. and just You feel the hits and, it's, and how they actually really are. And yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that goes on. So, and I think, like you say, Jamie, no matter who tells you about it or their experiences, oh, until you experience it yourself, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you don't know. So that's where the first one tends to as well like a lot of time it's, it's a learning experience you go away and you're kind of alright 
that's the level I have to get to yep. to yep. be able to succeed. Yeah, we we I guess we say back home at the gym, you know, the first one makes or breaks you. You 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 come back and you go right. I know what I need to do. I know you know this is what I want, and everything goes into it. Or they walk away and you don't really see them again. So yeah. I think it's definitely one or the other. Uh, would you would have would you have competed in patterns and sparring at your first worlds? Or yeah, uh, full, full yes, uh, second degree patterns and microweight sparring. Um, I met people that I'm still really good friends with now. Back then, uh, Maxime Bourgeois from Canada. Oh yeah, um, we we kind of came through all the together. whole time together. You know, so we're always in patterns and sparring in together. Both of them together, like yeah, yeah always. Yeah. I think the first time I was my next junior world champs. I went to Puerto Rico and Maxim had stayed second degree and I had graded third. So I think that's probably the only competition that we were we were yeah. separate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I competed in both and uh, every world championships except Germany, 2005, actually. I didn't get selected for patterns. So, yeah, I just went for microweight sparring. Who got the spot? Uh, was a fella, actually Hong talked about him, Dan Jackson. Um, so oh, right. yeah. he trained a lot with Hong and, and that. So, uh, yeah, they... There was three of us. One was, it was kind of this intertwined. Two guys were going for middleweight. Two were going for third degree uh, patterns. And I was going for microweight sparring. So they gave me sparring, Dan patterns, and Sam, the other middleweight, the middleweight spot. So we all had one each. And they wanted us to focus on on an individual. And as my luck turned out, I ended up with uh, Redzo Lujic from Slovenia in the first round, who went on to be the world champion. I don't even know if I scored a point on him to be honest. He was <laughs> he was pretty flash. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a hard learning curve. <laughs> yeah, Sanal wasn't bad either, I suppose. So. Yeah, both good, both good pedigree. Were good. Yeah, yeah, they were, and he was a big microweight. You know, back then it was fifty four, not fifty seven. So, <laughs> I remember looking at him like, "There's no way this guy can be fifty four kilos. It's not a chance." You know, we're all walking around like a skinny rake. So, he he looked huge. You know, yeah. did you? Was that was that was it hard for you to make fifty four? Uh, when I was a bit younger, no. Um, I think uh, two thousand eleven, the last one I competed at, I and for sparring, I weighed in at fifty one point nine. So Fuck. yeah, I got I got pretty <laughs> I got pretty light, man. Um, like that's junior microweight. So yeah, at the time, so no, nah, it wasn't super hard. Um, but after the injury, I found it quite hard. I found it quite hard to lose weight. And I guess getting a bit older as well. You know, I'm in yeah. my mid-30s now. So, yeah, I think for Ireland, for the world champs, I, I cut my weight down even for patterns just to be competitive. And I got down to, I was 57 for Ireland. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I got <laughs> right down. And then people started saying, why don't you join? I was like, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done with the sparring. I'll, I'll just stick with the patterns. There's too many young fellas like you in there. Uh-huh. Can't can't keep up with that speed, man. So, I yeah. I was only 57 for a short time. <laughs> like, what what are you like, what are you back up to now? Um, about sixty one. Yeah, pretty quick, huh? <laughs> I actually during the week of the worlds, I stay quite light. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't by design or anything. Just no, no. Happened, like the day when I fought the semi final was fifty nine point nine that morning, so I was still quite light. But yeah. since I got back now, I've been talking into them Easter eggs that were <laughs> left sitting there, <laughs> sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, and what a semi final, man! I obviously I know I'm here for for you, but yeah. congratulations, man! That was really cool to watch you on Vitali. It was a uh, a great, great semi-final. Yeah, hard way the draw goes sometimes, eh, man? That is like uh, I still got it. I I thought I was going to get him at the end. Yeah, I thought I had a good game plan. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to get him at the end. Uh I felt that the ref maybe stopped the time. I could have had maybe one more push at the end to maybe get a score, but yeah, like, it is what it is. No, like, I had that feeling too. I've had those. A, 
but like I had a couple of injuries as well, like in the build up across the whole campaign, like just a bit with knee, a bit with ankle, and even the week before was on antibiotics. So I suppose like when you put it like that, like it's absolutely it's, it wasn't the worst like to get a bit to pull a <coughs> to, to pull a medal and to lose to <coughs> someone like Vitali. He's he's not a bad he's not a bad fighter. Well, I guess I mean. Hey, I, I don't know how many you've got left going going forward, Jamie. You know, but <laughs> Vitali's—he's kind of the new generation, isn't he? You know, yeah, yeah. young and super tall, super fast. You know, I, I've been watching him obviously, and from here I head to Ukraine uh, with Katja and Oleg. Um, and yeah, he's 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 pretty special, man. Yeah. You know, ped- pedigree really, isn't he? So that's it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the events you're most known for is the pre-arranged when did you start when did that become a, become a thing that you were competing in um, myself and Luke Thompson um, who I originally did, did yeah. the pre-arranged with um, we had a demonstration team back at back home it was the Auckland demonstration team and we used to do I don't know a skit or a you know a bit of a demonstration yeah. of a big guy against a little guy for just for school galas and things like that and we kind of put some stuff together and then in 2007 they said they were opening it up to to compete and I remember watching it in 2001 in Rimini um I was competing there and I watched the demonstrations of it and yeah like going back to the Power Rangers the Ninja Turtles I mean that that's what we all grew up watching isn't it so I kind of I kind of watched and I was like man that's cool and I spoke to Luke and said why don't we do something and Back then, there wasn't the same rules. It was just kind of do a routine. Um, yeah. It wasn't even in the pyramid yeah. system. It was just in the... Uh, I think everyone went up and did it the first time. They picked the top eight teams from a score, and uh, they brought them back. You did it again, and they picked first, second, and third. So we just kind of put something together and wish for the best. And I think it was when we did the routine, we were one of the first teams up. And uh, we watched everyone else, and I kind of looked at them, and I was like, damn, we've got a pretty good routine, man, you know, yeah. and, and we sort of started to get a bit excited. So, um, yeah, it was since 2007, we, we kind of really started pushing into that and, and giving it a good go. And after watching people kind of started making more of it and new new ideas and things like that, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, it was always a spectacle seeing someone the size of Luke do a backflip. Backflip, yeah. you got yeah. you got to sell it to the crowd, man. Yeah, he's he's a... He's an amazing athlete, Luke. It didn't matter what he did. Uh, we kind of grew up together, you know. He he lived outside of Auckland City, um, and he got his first job in, in the city. So he actually moved in with me and my family for a couple of years and lived with us. And I was young, got in a bit of trouble, and I actually got kicked out of home. Um, <laughs> and uh, I ended up ringing his mum. And she come and well, I, I rang Luke actually, and he came and picked me up. And I ended up going back there and living with him for a little while. So yeah, we kind of grew up, grew up pretty close, and yeah, best mates growing up and things like that. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely you needed that connection to do an event like that. So yeah, did you feel it then? That was maybe a different connection then with Carol when you switched to him being your partner. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very interesting because you know from. From the inside out, we always thought we had a good routine, but it was always a team, you yeah. know. And uh, we always asked Carl, you know, hey, what do you think? Have a look at this for us. And he was always kind of with us as part of the team, I guess. Yeah. You know, he kind of helped us out a lot and things like that. So, um, yeah, then when Luke kind of stopped Carl, I can't, I can't remember exactly yet whether it was I asked Carl or Carl asked me, or and we just thought, let's give it a go, you know. And... Um, 
yeah, we kind of hit the ground running and it was something very new again. Um, I think Brighton was our first one because Luke retired in 2011. So I think Brighton was the first one with Carl at the World Cup. And uh, yeah, he took a bit of getting used to because he's so tall. Um, And Luke, he's a big guy, but he's not that much taller than me. You know, Um, I think Luke was about... 5'9", five, 5'10", five, I'm 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, so it wasn't that big. The stances and things like that weren't yeah. that hard to work around. But um, Carl is, yeah, I think he's 6'3", or something like that. Yeah, so he, he's a big guy, you know. So he'd do a stance or he'd do some crazy kick, you know. His his kicking ability is awesome. And he'd show me some kick. What do you think about this? And he's swinging his legs around. And I think, that's amazing. But what the hell do you want me to do with that? <laughs> like, I'm not standing in front of that. There's not a chance in hell, you know? Yeah. So it was just trying to work out um, a different style. And we always try and uh, work to people's strengths, you know? Like you said about Luke before seeing him backflip, you know, a guy that's... Yeah, I was going to say, Luke, did you have to have a kind of change in approach? Because with Luke, you kind of maybe at towards the end, you had the shock factor of the big yeah. guy doing the flip. But Absolutely. with Carl, you wouldn't have had that same. No, so maybe no, not at technical. all. And... I guess Luke, uh, just a natural athlete, played played rugby. Anything he picked up, he was good at, you know, um, and I saw that growing up with him. Yeah. Um, not saying Carl's not like that at all. I've seen Carl play basketball, all these sort of things, and he's really good, you know. But Luke's gymnastic ability was incredible and his strength just on another level. Obviously, he was three-time power-breaking world champion as well. So if he picked me up, he could throw me, you know. <laughs> so like for Argentina... Uh, run up the leg on the shoulder and off his back and yeah. end up sort of, you know, seven, seven, eight feet in the air. And he didn't even move. It was like running up a wall, you know. Um, whereas with Carl, I think his uh, his biggest asset to the team was his jumping ability, obviously being special yeah. technique world champion uh, f- five times, five, six <laughs> times, I think, you know. Um, that was his ability in the team, yeah. you know. So we really tried to show... You know, him jumping up, split kicks and this sort of thing, really trying to show us, you know, a bit of uh, his ability in that and trying to include my pattern side of things with both of them, I guess, with the leg control and um, the speed and things like that. So, yeah, trying to trying to use each other's attributes to, to our best ability and, and hope that the crowd likes it. So, yeah, but both guys were actually quite technically good as well they were yeah they did have a good technical crossover. they were yeah luke luke competed in patterns at a couple of world champs um i think canada he competed and maybe germany i think so he actually competed in patterns as well um and i guess because people see the size of him and see him power breaking they don't kind of expect that in him but yeah yeah he's he's very good and carl was part of the 2011 team that won the team pattern um, at the World Champs oh, in New yeah. Zealand. So yeah. he was actually part of that team as well. So, yeah, both great technical ability. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> was Dublin was the first time you won individual patterns, was it? At the World Championship, sorry. Uh, I won juniors, but yeah, okay. for, for seniors, that was the first time for fourth degree means. Yeah. yeah. So you, it was a long time oh, coming. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, over and over again, it was, you were close. Like, Absolutely, mate. Yeah. I had, to someone like Suska. Yeah, Suska, Stephen as well, Stephen yeah. Ryan, you know. Um, so, yeah, 2007 was my first time in the fourth degree men's. Um, I, it's the top in patterns, like, isn't it? Yeah, it is, like, you know. And uh, I had been to third degree uh, worlds before and second degree, but uh, first time in fourth. 
I made it all the way to the final. I'd only been a fourth degree for two months. Um, so, oh. yeah, I was pretty... <laughs> I learned the patterns before, but... Um, That's always a hell of a Yeah, well, you know, I, I made it all the way. And to be honest, I just stood in the center ring, kind of admiring that I was standing next to Suska and couldn't believe that I was in the ring with him, to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. it, it was my idol growing up, you know. Um, and, yeah, so I kind of did that. Then 2008, the World Cup... Ended up with Adrian in the semi-final. Actually, we were yeah. we were together in the semi-final. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I went through the final with Massimo Persa from Italy, oh, yeah, yeah. and I lost out to him in the final again. Um, and then something changed. Yeah, something changed <laughs> a little bit, and I, I guess I, social media got a little bit bigger. Things like Facebook were out a little bit, and I saw all these trainings and things like that. And so straight after Italy, I actually went to the Polish winter camp and yeah. trained there that's where i met a bunch of guys from ilo master buckley you know eddie yeah, yeah. katie luke a lot of these guys you know um so i met a lot of them uh and we went over as a team after 2007 we actually got government funding in new zealand so um i think it worked it would work out to be about seven or eight thousand euro a year is what we got paid from the government um there was five of us and we had to, you had to medal at the World Championships okay. or the World yeah. Cup. So you had this money, which was great. Good, good motivation. Absolutely. But it came with pressure. Yeah. You know? So it was quite different. So what we worked out is we could do the World Cup or the World Championships and we could go away and do a training camp or yeah. competition somewhere to upskill ourselves. Um, so yeah, I went to the Polish Polish camp and came back. Uh, and then I decided that the world champs were in Argentina in 2009. So I kind of thought, well, see a lot of these guys, you know, they're doing a lot of promotion and things like that. So I sort of thought, oh, I'm going to go and stay a bit in Argentina and train there, get to know a few people. It's there, so it can't hurt to be there, you yeah. know. And I think I went over with Soledad Serrano. She's uh, from Argentina. She's a five-time uh, world yeah. champion for yeah. patterns. I um, and I knew her and her two brothers, so I went over there and I asked them if I could come stay. And when I got there, she said, "How long are you staying?" And I said, oh, "I'm here for four months." And she kind of looked at me, pretty, pretty <laughs> no, you're not, no, yeah, <laughs> pretty shocked, man. So, um, yeah, I kind of I stayed there for four months uh, with them and another guy, Dennis Turanes from Argentina. He was hyperweight world champion in 2009. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went to Master Gato Vishnuweva over there. Um, and an absolutely incredible coach, you know, uh, he helped me so much and yeah, I, I just stayed over there and, and I just really trained and trained and trained and I ended up making the final again that year with, with Master Suska and, uh, and I saw something the other day, actually, it was from Marco Oga who made the final with, uh, Lillian Dulay this in Germany yeah. last week. And he said, uh, train, train until your idols become your rivals. And, yeah. and I, I looked at that and I thought, man, that's exactly how I felt, you know, yeah. and, and it was really interesting reading that because Suska was always my idol and I just thought he was absolutely incredible and still is my idol. I'm, I'm not going to say he's not because he's an amazing man. Um, and I made the final and I lost 3-2 uh, in the final. Gosh. And yeah, it was kind of took me back to, to 1998 where I couldn't go to the world champs. It was just yeah. like my whole world had ended. So um, yeah, that was that was quite hard. And... 
So we went back on training again, 2011, and I had a lot of people tell you know, same again, you know, it's at home, Mark, you're going to win, you're going to, and I just remember thinking, no, just did you feel, focus. Did you find that added extra pressure? Absolutely. Like, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Um, my parents hadn't been to watch me since 2002, uh, and so I had all my family there and friends and... Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I had uh, got asked to do radio interviews and television, and, and I was like, nope. And I just said no to everything, and I was just 100% focused on what I was doing. And uh, and I drew Stephen Ryan in the first round. And um, and yeah, I I went out in the first round. I think the score was like 4-1 or something like that. I yeah. got my part handed to me. So That was um, some of the best form he was on. Like that, yeah. That was the best he was performing at absolutely, that time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I actually think he... Yeah, I mean, I watched the final, and yeah, he was he was put by by Master Oscar as well, you yeah. know. So, yeah, it was um, that was a really hard hard pill to swallow. But in saying that, uh, it gave me a bit of motivation for sparring. So the worlds before I got bronze, I lost to Alexandra Leonov from Russia in the semi final, and I thought, right, so I re- really geared up for the sparring. Yeah. I was pretty ready for that, and I was on the opposite side to uh, Leonov, so we went through and. I just remember sitting down in New Zealand going, uh, someone come up to talk to me before the final and I said, okay, right, I've got the plan for Leonov, I'm, I'm set to go. And they said, no, it's not Leonov, it's it's Luis Quintos from Brazil. Yeah. And it freaked me out and I was like... Tricky, a tricky guy. Absolutely, yeah. I found uh, I remember, yeah. yeah. First round, was, wasn't it? First round. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing the draw and thinking, ah, yeah. should be handy enough. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Richie told me he won the worlds at fifty four in New Zealand, and I yeah. kind of went, "Oh, oh, yeah, I'm in for a tough one." So no, yeah. he's, he's kind great. of completely changed my no, mindset. Absolutely, <laughs> and for me, he's a lefty as well, which yeah. uh, I trained for Leonov, right, right legger, strong right legger, and uh, yeah, I remember I actually said I need to go to the bathroom, and I went into the bathroom and sat in the bath on, on the toilet in the bathroom, just sitting there trying to rack my brain on how this guy fought and I sat there for about five minutes until someone come and got me and said hey you're up hurry up get in the ring so yeah so I ended up uh losing the final uh it was three one one uh sorry two to him one draw and one to yeah. me and the same as what you said if it had another 10 seconds I think I would have been good but you know we've turned out to be great friends I've actually been over and given a couple of seminars for him over in Brazil and uh, we, we keep in contact every couple of months you know and yeah. it was a hard pill to swallow losing that one because I kind of feel that's the one thing missing from the trophy cabinet is that that world champion inspiring I would have loved to have that so yeah vice is okay and I'm uh, I'll walk away with that happy so well nine times world champion altogether and yeah the other events isn't bad yeah, absolutely so nice no thank you Jamie it's yeah. um yeah, I guess, I guess as a competitor, you're never really happy. You, there's always something else you want or, or more yeah. you want to do, you know. So, yeah. So, no, it was, um, yeah, the pattern side of things. I, I guess Spain, I hurt my knees. Um, and then 2015, Italy. Uh, went over and I, I felt good. I was, I, I felt like everything was going really well. Made it to the quarters and they broke for lunch. And the huh. typical two-hour lunch break, and yeah. I didn't know what to do because I was ne- next in the ring, and I was sitting there going, "Okay, okay, I'm not going to leave the stadium. I'm going to stay warm." Um, and after about an hour into it, I got quite tired. I thought, "I'll, I'll have a Red Bull," and I cracked yeah. a Red Bull to have a have, have some energy, some caffeine. And I just remember feeling really lethargic and 
pet myself up again it was against Stephen Ryan um <laughs> the quarterfinal so I knew you know I knew he had a great style yeah. against me uh and and he looked great you know and um yeah kind of went through and after the first pattern you always look up at the scoreboard you know and it was 4-1 after the first pattern and in your head as a competitor it's always really hard to pull that back yeah you know, it's yeah you're there praying for a high grade pattern as well. It's like, don't give me a chanji or a absolutely, dangle. Absolutely, kind of absolutely, <laughs> mate. So, and I think we got the same pattern as what we got in New Zealand. I think we got We Um from memory. And he. <laughs> well, well, Stephen went through all of New Zealand getting to hit Moomoo and We Um. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I knew he'd beat me with We Um. And I was like, oh, could it be a worse pattern? I, I'm pretty. Oh, actually, sorry, it was Cheong. Sorry, it was Cheong. Oh. And um, yeah, I just remember going, oh God. And I think it finished 4-1, uh, exactly the same. So, and yeah, obviously Stephen went on to, to the final with Max M um, and got pip, pipped at the post by Max, who had decided to return after a seven-year hiatus. Yeah, because um, he was even in despairing as well. Which absolutely, was he got bronze, strange. I think, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. lost to uh, yeah. Rizmar and Albert semi-final. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then... Uh, we I, I went back to New Zealand tail between the legs and you know I uh, wasn't too happy with that and uh, we were training up for Budapest and my wife said to me as we were going to buy the tickets that she didn't feel well I said ah come on it'll be fine let's uh, let's just get the tickets and she said no no really I don't feel well so we ended up having a, a pregnancy test and uh, she we found out we were pregnant with our with our little daughter so um, yeah that uh that put a hold on the plans to go yeah. to Budapest. You know, <laughs> she was due, I think, three weeks before the competition. So didn't make it to Budapest. Uh, we had our little girl and, to be honest, kind of didn't really, really care, about care much. Yeah. No, not really, to be <laughs> honest, mate. It was just, yeah, we were having a great time as a family. So, And then I uh, had a bunch of seminars 2017 uh, through South America. I did a bit of a tour, Paraguay, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, Colombia. And I'd been selected in the national team for Ireland for the World Championships. And, uh, yeah, they kind of said to me, uh, my wife said to me, if we're going to spend all this money, you better get your ass to training and get, <laughs> get stuck in. Yep. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. And I guess it wasn't really a mess. I was going, but I wasn't that focused. And she asked me to go and see a trainer that she had trained with over in Argentina. And... Uh, kind of reluctantly went just and I think I went just so she'd stop nagging me <laughs> so um I kind of went and uh and he was absolutely incredible yeah I I owe so much to him um he really changed the way I looked at things I'd never really done much strength and conditioning training I just thought patterns doing my leg control and all this that's my strength and conditioning yeah. and uh he really showed me another side. He's a six degree black belt, um, so as well as a personal trainer. So he's got that good intertwined cool crossover. Yeah, a absolutely. Um, Gustavo Belvez is his name, and uh, he actually was the strength and conditioning trainer for Argentina this time for the national team last week. And as you can see, they had some great results. Yeah. So savage results. Absolutely. <laughs> so you know, it's one. It's nice to see them back back up high and being competitive again but two I don't know not saying it's directly because of him but I, I think he had a massive part to play in that as my personal opinion um, so I was in the gym four or five days a week with him um, during the day and then at night I was doing my patterns training just by myself uh, I was lucky enough to use one of the local gyms there they let me come in and, yeah. and practice my patterns you know um, so I was doing that and you know we were giving up a lot of time I was training 
in Argentina to get to the gym, it probably took us about to to get to the gym, do the training, and get home. It was probably a good five hour trip round to to do that. Took some so, commitment, so absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I did that for about oh, eight weeks, ten weeks, and it was kind of, I guess, maybe I know you guys have spoken a bit about the MMA training yeah. and things like that. It felt like being a professional, you know. I just for eight to ten weeks. That's what I did, and. I guess getting a bit older, I can't do the campaigns that last six to eight months. My body just yeah. breaks. So um, having a short campaign like that, that I just did it 100% full time. And uh, yeah, my my wife was great. All my meals were cooked for me. I just had to sleep, eat and train. That was it. And yeah, uh, yeah I cut my weight down. I got a lot of my injuries, you know, got a lot better from the strength training. Um, and I turned up feeling you know, well and ready for yeah. it. But it's, yeah. great. it's great that you say that and it shows like the dedication and the commitment it takes to win a patterns medal. Because some people do just think maybe like, oh, I just practice the patterns. No. Every so often. <laughs> you know, once a day. That's, no, not at all. It does, a lot more goes into it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, um, no, it was, uh, it was a lot of work. And I, in some ways, the only difference I feel between sparring and patterns is patterns, you, within reason, you get the exercises from your coach or, or things like that, things you need to work, you can work on it alone. Yeah. You don't have to have a partner all the time, you know. Sparring, kicking a bag only goes so far. You know, you, you definitely need that. You need that, a partner, yeah. You need a partner and you need a good partner, someone that's going to push you and and help you, you know. Um, the patterns, you can kind of stumble along a little bit by yourself and then go and check if what you're doing is right and then go away again. Um, yeah, but like that, if you can video it and send it to somebody, you can get some feedback. Absolutely, you know, I've got, harder with yeah, I've got so many people doing that now to me, actually. I'm uh, working with a young fourth degree from Malaysia. Um, I saw he was, he actually, he got through a few rounds, didn't he? Was, he did. And he performed. He, he did performed very well. well thought. Yeah, he yeah. got to the quarterfinals here. He won silver in Sydney in the World Cup. Um, obviously, you know, he, he did really well. Um he was pretty disappointed, but like I said, it takes time. You know, for me, it was 10 years to get that gold yeah. medal, you know. So, and interesting, I just watched uh, Lillian just put up as well. Uh, 2013, nothing, 15 bronze, 17 silver, 19 gold. So you look at Lillian too, you know, it's it's a big, big ask to, to win, especially that division. That fourth degree men's is just... It's the top of the patterns. Like, yeah, it's a hard You see division, it from like man. first degree all the way up, like four to six degrees, yeah. the highest level. No, it is. It's, it's, it's a very hard division <coughs> and... You know, some of the Master Soska, Maxim, you know, I look at these guys that they're, in my opinion, absolute legends of, of yeah. ITF, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens from here. But, you know, someone like Maxim, not only in the patterns, but also the sparring, you know. I I would say, if, in my opinion, he's probably uh, the best microwave of all time. I, I think he's pretty slick and, you know, I'm sure, hey, those things are made to be broken, but, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, I really rate Maxim to be able to do both and be world champion in That's both. That's it. I was going to like to. He is one of the few to cross over and win. Absolutely. In both. Absolutely. Which like it is. I know from competing in both, like it's hard to fully commit. Yeah. You kind of have to pick one a little bit more than the other. Yeah. But like to still be able to it's, win it's, a gold in both is absolutely. Is I mean, savage. you guys got like I, I've seen Stephen Ryan spar and do patterns. I've seen Hong spar and do patterns. Yourself spar and do patterns. Yeah, but, but and, to be successful in both, yeah, is, it's it's very hard. Challenge. It's very hard, and it takes a lot of time. Um, and even more so now, it's it's becoming professional. You know, you've you've got to do. Yeah. Just going to your club and doing your training is not enough. You you have to go outside, and you know, uh, 
in Germany talking to Richie, you know, yeah. and and seeing the apps that are evolved now. You know, Richie's got his his training program that he's doing. Master McPhail's got his TKD coaching that you can go online. I'm getting people contact me online. Hey, can we send you patterns and analyze our pattern? It's just social media is so yeah. big now. It doesn't Take matter. Take to a new level. Like. Absolutely, you know. And like I said to Richie, you know, I was watching the the exercises with the hula hoops. You know, yeah. and and I was like, that's awesome. I'm going to use that at club. You know, and I never thought of that, but what a great what a great idea. You know, so it, it makes the the world a lot smaller. You know, definitely. definitely. Uh, but like from some of the stuff you said, and even when Hong was on the podcast, you found <coughs> that traveling around to different countries and some different influence influences. Do you feel that that helped big time in your one hundred percent success? You know, I think that started. We had uh, Master Willie van der Mordel, um, who's now coaching for. Uh, oh, Norway, no. which I'm sick of losing to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we had him come down to New Zealand. Uh, coach Andrew Niven, he was the national team coach. Uh, he actually ended up coaching in Germany. Uh, he bought Master Vandermortel over. I think he came over straight for three or four years, and I'd never seen training like that. You know, yeah. this was 2004, I think, was the first time. Yeah, and uh, 2003, four, and. Yeah, I'd never seen training like that, and you know, and I think he was the first one to sort of say, "Mark, you can win a medal," you know. And we, we all, New Zealand's medals were bronze medals. We, we'd yeah. never done well uh, internationally, you know. So, I remember him sort of saying that to us, and and I think it was to myself and Carl actually, and it gave us a lot of belief and and that we could do it. But we knew we had to travel. We had to get outside of New Zealand. Not that we don't have the resources in New Zealand. It was just to get new ideas. It wasn't yeah. always the same idea, you know. Uh, you guys here in Europe, you know, every every other week you can be somewhere doing something, you know, and whereas we don't have that luxury, yeah. So isolated, yeah. yeah. And you would have trained Master Yedu then as well, so Master Yedu. So. Yeah, obviously I went over to Poland uh, to the winter camp, yeah, uh, with him, and then especially for the patterns, like big, yeah, big. absolutely. And then after uh, it was a competition, I think it might have been Riva Delgada in two thousand eight. I went back to Lubatov and I stayed for a month over there training um and yeah they they know how to train there they're they're yeah. pretty special man yeah so and i guess things like training next to master Soske, every, every night i was standing next to him training my patterns and it just gave me this extra drive that it was like this is how this guy trains okay Kick higher. Kick higher. Uh, yeah <laughs> i know how i need to train you know i think i've got yeah. a photo and it's uh of myself and him doing a sidekick in front of the uh, their club uh yeah flag and both of our faces like grimaced and and we're both trying to just kick super high you know and try to outdo each other so yeah you know it was great motivation for me yeah, yeah. as well <coughs> it's funny because yourself and Hunker I said the same thing as well like you were master of an immortal it took him as well for him to believe in like Hong they needed him to believe in Hong absolutely for him to push on and really believe he could yeah, achieve absolutely so I, I think Kind of when you're younger, to, Jamie, you know, yeah, having someone that we knew he trained Thomas Barada, we knew he trained Julia Cross, and, and these were just, they were my idols as a kid, yeah. you know, people in New Zealand, they grow up idolizing the All Blacks, you know, the, I guess the New Zealand team Taekwondo tracks, that, that's my All Black jersey, you know, I've yeah. grown up that, that, that's my team and, and having someone like that, that's trained world champions say to you, Hey, you, you can do this, you know, it made such a difference to me, you know, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I definitely 
keep in touch with Master Willie and we're actually going down to the Barada camp and I think we're actually doing some patterns teaching together down there. Um, so, you know, to be able to do that with someone like that that's really influenced me along the way is, is huge. Yeah, so I wouldn't think he'd... I think he's more associated with the sparring for more Absol- so but absolutely yeah i mean obviously i know he he does his yeah. sparring there but um i i think it doesn't matter when you hear someone like that say that to you i i didn't care that he was known yeah, as a sparring yeah. trainer it just it meant so much to me that he thought i could do it in patterns or sparring and yeah that just kind of it definitely changed how we thought and how we trained in new zealand definitely and uh, so the, the world championships that were on last week, that was your first one, <coughs> not being a part of as a competitor for a while. Yeah, yeah, 20 years. How, how yeah. did you find been on the sidelines? Um, the build up to it, everything like that, everyone was saying to me, how are you feeling? Are you okay? And I was like... I even yeah. asked you like... How, yeah, how you absolutely. Yeah, we bumped into each other. How, how are you? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm fine, you know? Um, and then it was when the draw came out. I don't know why. But when the draw got posted, I was, I looked at it and I even said, I said to my wife, Brenda, I was like, man, I wish I should have entered. I should, I should have gone for it. You yeah. know, and it was the first time I kind of was, was really, you know, feeling that I was missing it. Um, then when we got over there, uh, over to Germany, I, no, I think it's about the students now for me. I'm really enjoying being a coach. Um, you know, and we had some great successes in Sydney and in, uh, in Germany last week. And I think something's just changed a little bit that I, I'm really enjoying the, the coaching side of things and developing as a coach. And, um, you know, we had a first degree female uh, senior world champion. We had a junior first degree world champion. Um, we had the prearranged team, which was kind of special for me. Uh, obviously, yeah. having won it right through and then... I had two young guys. Still to go back to New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We had two young guys come up to me and approach me to help them out. So I I helped them with their routine and they made it all the way to the final. They lost the final to Argentina. But, um, you know, to make it to the final, I was super proud of them. And and I guess as a coach, it shows me that I'm on the right right track and and showing people what to do and and really enjoying that side of things now. So, yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, do you have your own club? Uh, yes, I do. Club, yes, yeah. I run my own club. So uh, we've got uh, it's called TMT Team Mark Trotter in, in Auckland, um, and yeah, we we train out of Auckland there. So we've got a big group. I think we had fourteen uh, from my school in the national team over in nice. New Zealand. So yeah, big representation, and no, nah, it's really good. Uh, and a mix of patterns and sparring. Mixture yeah. of patterns and sparring. We've got uh, a, a, a lot of good patterns, guys. You know, we had good successes in the patterns um, sparring. We had. Uh, Dylan Cooper, he was the World Cup champion. Uh, Dean Cooper, his brother, was the junior vice champion um, in World Cup. Sean Neary, uh, bronze medal in Ireland a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've got a good mixture of people. Sean Neary, obviously, with the special technique, he's a bit of a, a kind of proves white man can jump you know so he's <laughs> yeah. uh he's he he's can pretty, jump all right yeah jump. he's pretty impressive he likes to jump in he's sparring when he's sparring as well absolutely <laughs> yeah so you know he's jumping in there and uh yeah we, we've got a good mixture of a bit of everything pattern sparring specialty power prearranged so it's nice to have all events covered yeah yeah did you find much blow when obviously you said when the draw came out you found it hard but did, how did you find it when the four to six degree pattern when the section started and you're looking kind of going uh, uh wouldn't mind stepping out yeah, I to be honest, I was actually so busy coaching, I didn't yeah. get to see a lot of it. Um, there was a couple of 
people that I, I wanted to watch and I didn't get to. Um, I really rate uh, Sean O'Neill from Canada. I think he's really special. Um, that secondary patterns. Uh, his or brother's two. his brother's world champ, but he in second degree. But he's actually in fourth degree men's. All right. Um, okay. He got Lillian in the first round, but they were obviously Lillian was silver medal in Ireland and yeah. Sean was bronze medal in Ireland. So I was really wanting to see that. I didn't get to see it. Um, so I look back, I've, I have looked back at a couple of replays and had a look through things. And But I did get to catch the final. So um, yeah, great great to see. And uh, obviously Lillian I've, I've competed a couple of times with and uh, Marco Oga from Argentina. I've competed with him at the Pan Americans um, and he's a good friend as well. So it was, it was nice to see and, and, you know, really nice to see for Lillian. You know, I, I know that feeling as much as he does of, yeah. of you know, trying and trying and trying and, and, you know, falling a little bit short. So like he's someone who's had like success at European Championships like over and over again. Absolutely. Winning, but just falling short Absolutely. at the Worlds. Yeah. And, you know, it was the same for me. I successes at the World, World, uh, the World Cups, you know, and I seem to be able to win World Cup, no problem, but... Yeah, after that, it was uh, it was always the world champ. So you know, uh, really congratulations for Lillian, and and that's really cool f- to see that for him. And he and he's you know he's such a respectful guy and and really nice guy. So yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. <coughs> I know myself like there's a different level when you go to the world championships. Like it changes. Just, I just find like when you see the different countries like Argentina, New Zealand, those ones in Canada, the those yep. ones in it, it adds yeah a bit more nerves to it. Like. I guess for, maybe for you guys because you have the Europeans and yeah, you have so many the, tournaments. We see the same people all the time. That's though, right. The Europeans, you know. like you can pick the division yourself. That's right. Go on to a Europeans, but worlds, but for us, for example, see, we see each other yeah. once a year, once every two yeah. years. You know, so for us, that's kind of normal because we don't see many countries unless you're travel. You know, I'm traveling doing seminars and things like that, so I do see people. But if you're not doing that once every year, once every two years, you get to get to see those people. So it's kind of normal for us, as opposed to you guys. You know, you oh that's that's Argentina. I know nothing about Puerto Rico. Well, what are they doing? Yeah, you know? that's it. Like, yeah. So, you know, especially in the 57, they got some pretty slick 57s. You yeah, know? you're always fearing that this could be the best guy to ever come out of this country. Absolutely. Like, you don't know him. It's like, absolutely, is this the best man. guy to put on pads? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, no, it's, um, uh, I think it was a really high level in Germany. The the sparring level was, yeah. I was, it was insane. Like, I thought, crazy. I didn't yeah. think there was any easy match in any division no I watched like, the a lot of the 78 because I had a, a student in there who went right through to the quarters um, and it was just every fight could have been the final yeah. it, it was ridiculous you know um, and obviously paid a lot of attention to the 57s yeah. I always do, do yeah um, and same thing there there's just so much talent the, six, the 63s you know awesome uh, good friends with Julio so you know he was put by Ryan here in Ireland a few years back yeah. and so really stoked for him you know I love watching watching that division fight it's always entertaining yeah. he's Julio solid like he's solid to get to the, the finals every like, time obviously the last couple of, like fell a little bit short in Bennett arm and that, no, yeah. Benidorm was it was uh, Italy, time. Italy. Yeah, yeah, Italy. He didn't didn't make it through. He had a bit of a hard run. So yeah, well, th- yeah, but he was just pipped in and Benidorm by Matt. That's right, but, like, Matt but, Cadle. But still, yeah. like, so, like yeah. solid, like all the time is there to be in and around the medals every year. Like, solid yeah, competitor. we were just talking yeah. about it the other day. 2011 was the last time he won the worlds. So I know, but like you see, he's obviously so good. He just and he's it. picking up Absolutely. World Cup titles and that here and there as well. Yeah, we were saying like, we were talking, saying we've got the World Cup curse. Like we can win the World Cup, but we can't win <laughs> the World Champs. You know, it was me and him were having a good banter about that. So, yeah, the sparring, yeah. sparring level, we thought like 
that's why taking the bronze now looking back is like well oh, mate, huge they weren't giving away easy so. no no not at all you know um, and I think like the 57 division there's so much I think there's a lot more depth than when I was competing um, yeah I think there was probably six guys in the division when I when I was competing 54 it was but there's probably six guys that could win it and you kind of knew you yeah. know whereas now I'd say there's probably you know there, there's good a dozen of them I, I would yeah, say like I, you know would look at it and kind of say there's maybe five or six that you would say they all have a chance of winning it and then you always have there's another five or six that go they could throw a spanner in the works absolutely absolutely. they'll make it tricky for anybody yeah absolutely you know um, there there was there was some good guys in that division I was watching so yeah and you know it's hard for the likes of you uh, Vitali you know you guys are favourites going into that you know you're the the reigning world champion there's a lot of talk around Vitali a lot of talk around Axel Vargas a lot of talk around Andre Lee you know a lot of these guys and you know that that comes with pressure as well social media helps that Uh, it does you know but you see the clips of the the drills and yeah. some of the, the highlights absolutely that adds yeah that absolutely adds that pressure everyone looks good in the highlight reel don't they yeah. <laughs> same with the pads yeah we're absolutely world champion on the pads absolutely mate. <laughs> absolutely so no very good and so after Dublin you're going to uh, I was here giving a giving a seminar um, I leave tomorrow I uh, go up to Ukraine with Katra and Oleg to uh, Kiev I think it is Kiev, yeah um, and I'm there for two days giving a seminar up there for them which was a huge honour to be asked by them. Again, a family of Katra and Oleg that, yeah. you know, you kind of sit back and admire what they do, you know, and it's pretty special. So um, it's just for patterns, obviously. They they want to they wanna improve their pattern side of things. I think they have the sparring covered, to be honest. <coughs> 100%, you know I mean? <laughs> absolutely, you know. So, um, yeah, so to go up there for patterns is, you know, uh, yeah, big honour to go up there with them. Um, I'm there for two days. Then I go back to London. Uh, I've got a, got a seminar with... Uh, Johan de Silva down in London there and then traveling down to Barada camp uh, for the following weekend so and again to be asked by Tomas to come down there and yeah. teach you know Karcher, Tomas the, these type of guys the, the people I grew up idolizing so to be asked to come you know I've spoke about Master van der Mordel before went into the seminar for Master van der Mordel you know to be asked to go and teach yeah. for these guys is, is it's still a little bit mind blowing. You know, you're kind of looking back, going, "Wow, man, I grew up idolizing these guys." You know, for me, Ste- Stefan Tapilato, I, you know, he was another one. Yeah, he was my idol. You know, and, yeah. and to say he's one of my really good friends now, we talk every other week. You know, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, it's a kid growing up and living the dream. You know, and I've seen lots of gay backs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots. across the next couple of days. Absolutely, yeah. it's a busy month. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's good. It's yeah, a nice so. way to travel around, though. There's worse ways. No, it's definitely a, a great way. So, no, I can't complain. And then, uh, yeah, back back in about two weeks, back to NZ and and back into work. So, yeah, start started another job and get back into things. Stunt performing. Stunt performing. Yeah. So, uh, not a hundred percent sure if it's in NZ yet, or maybe back to Europe. I might be coming back to Russia for a job in Russia. So, yeah. So we're pretty lucky. I got. Last year, I got to come through to uh, Germany. We're actually in Munich for three or four months. I was. Um, Any movie we've heard of? Uh, yeah, it was for yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, so Harry oh, Potter. Right. Yeah, nice. so he did a film, and I came in doubling him. Um, so, yeah, su- super cool. I- again, to I've never really been starstruck, but the first time yeah. I met Dan, I was kind of like, 
man, this Did is Did you awesome. call him Harry? No, no, I was very careful <laughs> not to do that. I don't think you like that one too much. But um, I'm sure he gets it all the time. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, can you sign this for me? Yeah. You know, uh, He was kind of saying to me that people ask him to sign it, Harry Potter, and I think he gets a bit a bit peeved with that one, man. So, yeah, but um, no, it was pretty cool. I got to hang out with him. Um, he was in Auckland. We filmed a bit there and then came over here for three months. And... Uh, Went to a movie with him, you know, went out for dinner, you know, hanging out a bit. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool job and yeah, yeah pretty lucky to do what I do. It's not a bad life. At not all. at all, mate. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, awesome. Um, in terms of interlinked plug, social media wise, or where can people find you? Uh, hey, just, uh, it's uh, Trotter TKD um, or just Mark Trotter on Facebook, Mark Trotter on Facebook and yeah, uh, any, anything I'm love to hear from everyone about Taekwondo and yeah, always happy. And yeah. thanks for having me on, man. I, I love thanks. the podcast and if anyone can jump on and listen to this, please do. I listen to it in the car at home and as I said, I contacted you, man, because I, yeah. I love listening to it. Thanks, Miriam, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Nah, thank Savage you, Jimmy. that you managed to squeeze it in. Like We just went through, you have a tight schedule, so if you nah. squeeze me in, is awesome. fantastic. Nah, great. Thanks very much, Jamie, thanks, and congrats Miriam. to you and the Irish team, mate. Well done. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.